It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Colts, your daily Indianapolis Colts podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody. Welcome back into your latest episode of Locked On Colts, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Today's always your host, Evan Settery, joined by Stephen Reed of Stampede Blue. As we're going to recap the latest in this Colts news here on a Wednesday evening, and the Carson Wentz saga has not yet been finished, but according to Las Vegas, this might be a done deal here soon because Vegas odds, if you guys like to gamble out there, I know in Indiana uh, it's legal out there to do sports gambling. Uh, according to Fox Bet, which is the Fox affiliate for Fox Sports for their betting website, which is available by the thing of Pennsylvania and Colorado other states as well. The odds for Carson Wentz being traded to the Colts have skyrocketed in the last 24 hours, Stephen. Yesterday, it was at minus 110 on Tuesday. On Wednesday, it went from minus 110 to minus 1,200, a massive spike up there in odds. And usually once Vegas knows something, it usually happens. And I know for the 49ers odds, it was, uh, I think it skyrocketed up to from like plus 400 to even, but minus 1200 is a huge odd shift. And it seems like almost a lock, according to Vegas, that Carson Wentz is a future Colt. We've heard a lot of smoke still steaming around that Wentz still doesn't want to go to Chicago. He prefers the Indianapolis Colts. Albert Breer has doubled down the airport, and many others have as well. It seems like to me, Stephen, the closer we get to March, today is February 17th. It feels like maybe by this weekend or maybe next week, by the latest, this this Wentz saga is finally going to end here. Yeah, when Vegas uh, decides to to weigh in and put their money behind something, uh, that's usually a pretty good sign that that's they've heard something uh, that's really reliable. Um, most of the time, as we know, the the house doesn't like to lose money in Vegas. So if if that got out that that went to the Colts were a done deal at the previous line, then uh, Vegas, they, they uh, might've lost some money there and they, they don't like doing that. So once Vegas kind of weighs in on it, you kind of have a feeling that that's probably going to happen that way. And it's not really surprising to all of us that have been paying attention. My guess is that, you know, there, there comes a date where Chris Ballard was like, you know what, this is my drop dead date. and my offer is going to stay till this date and and that's it. Um, so I look at it and I say uh, the Eagles were never going to get two first round picks for Carson Wentz. Um, everybody pretty universally laughed at that uh, from Howie Roseman. And, you know, we'll, we'll see what, what ends up being the compensation if, if a trade does get consummated between the Colts and the Eagles. Um, but from what we're seeing with, with Vegas, and uh, it seems like that's probably going to be be the landing spot for Carson Wentz. And it seems like, too, I mean, with Vegas and as well as reports still that Wentz doesn't want to go to Chicago, the leverage that Wentz barely has in this negotiation where he has a massive contract and if the Bears want to send a first-round pick or even a couple second-round picks 
for a guy that might not even want to play for them, for a, also a team with a coach and general manager, Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace, who are fighting for the jobs in 2021, if they don't have a quarterback who's all in with them in 2021, it might not be a smart investment on their end to maybe trade some heavy draft capital to go get him. If Wentz is using this leverage too as well in this scenario, which it sounds like he definitely is right now, what percent chance, honestly, Stephen, would you put for Wentz ending up at Indy here by the end of this month? I mean, honestly, at this point, we've been talking about it for weeks now at this point. It seems like over two weeks now. But I think we're closing out around like 90 95% that he's probably going to be a Cole. What do you think? I'd put it probably pretty close to that. I think there's still – there could be hiccups. But, again, once Vegas weighs in on it, you, you kind of – they read the tea leaves and they, they kind of know which way people are going, which way the winds are winds are blowing. That's a really good point though, that you brought up with Carson Wentz and his, his use of leverage. Cause he does have some in this. Yeah. He doesn't have the no trade clause like Deshaun Watson does in his contract. But when you pair it like that, when you talk about, you know, Matt Nagy, Ryan Pace over there with Chicago and the fact that if they get a quarterback in, that doesn't want to be there. He, he's no interest in playing for Chicago. Uh, reports were earlier today um, heard that, that Allen Robinson and Chicago haven't had contract extension talks since September. Um, so that you know makes you wonder what Chicago is even doing because he's by far their best offensive playmaker. Um, you look at that and you say, okay, well, we already know what Carson Wentz gives you when he doesn't want to be there. And that's arguably the worst quarterback in the league. Now, when Carson Wentz wants to be there and he's healthy, he's an MVP candidate. Um, so you look at that from the Chicago Bears perspective, and, and they probably, once they found out that Carson Wentz wasn't interested in playing there, they probably stepped away from the table completely. And so I think the Eagles now are kind of scrambling hoping that 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 offer that that Chris Ballard made to them uh, which was reportedly you know Ron Jaworski reported as two twos and a future pick we've heard from other other uh, reliable sources that it was never that much um that it was like a round two like 54 and then you know a, a future round two or a future round three and that that's kind of where I've I've said before when we talked about this what gosh, what it feels like a month ago, but I think it might have only been last week, um, where I, I thought it was 54 and then a conditional round three that could bump up to a round two if they make the playoffs, something along those lines. And so I wonder how much the Eagles are scrambling, hoping that Chris Ballard leaves that offer on the table for them. Because if I'm Chris Ballard and I know that the Eagle, that the Bears effectively have pulled out of this race and it's just me, I'm probably going to lower my offer a little bit and let them know, hey, look, you know, this offer is going to be on the table until the end of the week. And if you don't take it, it's going to drop. And uh, yeah, I agree. And so, like, this is the leverage game that Chris Ballard plays. And right now, the Eagles, they just, Howie Roseman just massively overplayed his hand wanting that Matthew Stafford package. And, you know, it, we joked before that they, they didn't realize that they weren't the ones with Matthew Stafford and they were the ones with Jared Goff in that scenario. And they just, I, I feel like the Eagles, no matter what, I, there's a part of me that does feel bad for Howie Roseman because no matter what, he's going to look bad in this situation. 
if he can't trade Carson Wentz, then he's going to have this disgruntled quarterback that's making a massive amount of money on his salary cap this year that doesn't want to be there and could ruin the culture of the locker room. If he trades Carson Wentz, and he, no matter what, he's probably not getting a first-round pick for him. So if he trades him, then he's going to get like a second-round pick or, or two seconds or a second and a future third, something like that, where people will say, well, you didn't get what you said you think you should get. You got way less than that. And then if Carson Wentz ends up, no matter what, with that, that trade, he's going to look bad there. And then if Carson Wentz gets traded – and then he blows up in, say, Indianapolis and becomes an MVP candidate, then people are going to look at Harry Roseman and say, what are you doing? You just traded away an MVP candidate. You alienated a guy that, that could have been a franchise quarterback for, your, for the Eagles for how many years? And you totally screwed it up. You screwed up the relationship. So I, I, there's a part of me that does feel bad for Harry Roseman because he's really in a tough spot right now. No matter what he does, he's not – He's got egg on his face. It's, it's just plain and simple. Last thing here on Wednesday before we dive into some free ANT stuff and maybe talk about another mock offseason scenario for the Colts here. From Zach Kiefer this morning of The Athletic, the Colts beat writer, he said, while it's been quiet, the Eagles and Colts have continued trade talks for Carson Wentz. One important aspect of this, I'm told, is Indy hasn't significantly changed its offer from where it started more than a week ago. For the most part, the Colts aren't budging, which is going right with what you're saying there, Stephen. And honestly – knowing how shrewd and, and calculated Chris Ballard is, it would not shock me at all if it was maybe, let's say, two twos. Now, let's say it's a two, number 54 overall, and in a fourth-round pick in 2022, you can maybe bump up to a third-round pick in 2022 if it's like maybe plays well and he maybe have some escalator bonuses in there as well. That can make a lot of sense here to me. It just feels like, to me, like you mentioned, it feels like Philadelphia really overplayed their hand here, and they're probably going to walk away from the table – thinking that Chris Bauer was Ryan Grixon. They really had a chance to maybe just finesse him, but it turns out maybe Chris Bauer finesses the Eagles instead and gets the guy Frank Reich has won it all along Carson Wentz. Yeah, Chris Ballard is one of those guys that you just don't want to play poker against because he's just going to – you do and you don't because he's going to give it to you straight. He's going to tell you exactly what, what it is. Um, he, he's a guy that's not going to move off his, his bargaining position and – like you said, with Zach Kiefer reported this morning, it's, it's exactly what we've been saying all along with Chris Ballard, is that he is, he's going to give you his offer, whatever it is, and, and that's where he's going to, that's his point. That's as high as he's going to go. He's, he's not going to lowball you. He's not going to sit there and, and play these bidding wars. He, he might bid up a little bit, but for the most part, he's going to stay within this range, and once it gets beyond that, He's out. And that's what you really want as a general manager if you're a Colts fan because you don't get into bad contracts. You don't get into bad trades. Um, but you look at that and you say, yeah, it, it, you, you really want a general manager like Chris Ballard um, running your franchise because you know that he's going to make the right decision. or You have faith that he's going to make the right decision and he's not going to put you in a bad spot. And that's what I think Howie Roseman is learning because he thought he could, you know, leak these different reports out because all these reports talking about the Colts offer, the Colts offer, the Colts offer, that came from the Eagles. We all kind of know that because it's not, it's not something that the Colts are going to leak what their offer is, try to get another team to out outbid them. You know, it's something that probably came from the Philadelphia front office to try to get another team to, to bite. 
to try to get another team to jump up and offer that round one, for example, Chicago. And Chicago, after, you know, probably doing some back channel work, talking with people that know Carson Wentz, found out that he had no interest in playing there. And then once Chicago bows out, like I said earlier, it's, it's just the Colts at that point. Um, unless if some, some mystery team flies in last second and blows up the deal and, and offers a round one or multiple, multiple really high picks, then great for that other team. And, you know, I, I wish them all the best, but I'm glad that Chris Ballard doesn't get into those bidding wars. I just think it's, it's really bad, bad place to be for a franchise and, and really bad uh, tendency for what, what you'd want a general manager. Bet online is the fast and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. Bet online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time data odds and props almost anything you can imagine. Bet online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds, and it's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and re- receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Make sure to use the promo code LOCKEDON. L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. Again, the promo code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. We're covering everything you need to know about the Colts here on Locked On Colts. What about the rest of sports? Now the Locked On Podcast Network has you covered there as well as Locked On Today. It's hosted by the great Peter Bukowski, and it's all the sports news you need every morning in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to the Locked On Today podcast for every year podcast. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Well, obviously, see where the Carson Wentz saga goes from here, Stephen, here. On, on Wednesday, February 17th, this trade still has not happened. But from all the indications here, where it would be the Vegas odds skyrocketing up in the Colts' favor, or these reports saying that Wentz is still pushing his leverage toward Indianapolis, it's something we might be getting close here to a Wentz trade of the Colts. And we'll obviously keep talking about that here on the podcast throughout the next week or two on Locked On Colts. But let's dive in now, Stephen, into a free agent who has recently – uh, released by the Houston Texans, a legend in the Houston Texans, J.J. Watt. And we're going to dive as well to a mock offseason scenario after this. But really quickly, I haven't covered on the podcast just yet after his release, Stephen. What's your thoughts on J.J. Watt? Because I have to imagine, I saw a report where it said around 12 to 15 teams checked in on J.J. Watt after he was released by the Texans. Not surprising what's going on there in Houston. Just a complete disaster there where Jack used to be running the show. Deshaun Watson still is holding his ground of wanting out of Houston. Just everyone's really bailing right now out of Houston, and J.J. Watt's the latest one out. I don't blame him on that. 12 to 15 teams checked in on him, Steven. The Colts have about $70 million in cash space. I imagine the Colts were one of those teams that checked in on him. But I don't know if – unless the Colts really believe that Watt is a immediate upgrade. I think he'd be fun next to DeForest Buckner. But looking at his stats of this past year, five sacks in 16 games. He only played uh, 16 games in two of his last five years. He's been very injury-riddled his last five years. His first four years in the NFL were absolutely dominant. He's been a three-time defensive player of the year. But what do you think about J.J. Watt and the Colts? Because I saw a report today from Ed Warder of ESPN where it said J.J. Watt is prioritizing a win-now team in a Super Bowl window to get a ring. And 
well, you have to have like an elite quarterback and an elite supporting personnel. Then the money comes after that. So I think Steven, with that being said, he's probably going to go to the Green Bay Packers. But what do you think about Watt and maybe his possibility with the Colts? My guess is Chris Ballard reached out because that's just Chris Ballard's MO. He does his due diligence. He makes sure that he, he leaves no stone unturned, everything like that. So I guess that they probably reached out to JJ Watts just to kind of gauge his interest, see what he kind of wants to do. Uh, realistically, I don't think he's JJ Watt is, is a great fit um, for what Chris Ballard looks at in a free agent besides the locker room aspect and the culture aspect. Because it, it, when it comes to that, JJ Watt is absolutely worth every penny because he brings that culture, he brings that work ethic, he brings what ultimately will end up being probably a Hall of Fame career. Um, and he'd bring that to the locker room. And that's the type of person you'd want to bring in as a free agent. Um, but he does have some physical limitations. And sure, it would be great to see him play next to DeForest Buckner, where all of a sudden you can't double team J.J. Watt all the time because then DeForest Buckner will eat. And you can't double team DeForest Buckner all the time because that means J.J. Watt will eat. Um, so it, it'd be fun to see them go up next to each other. Um, but I'm not certain that it makes a lot of sense. Um, you know, J.J. Watt is 32, like you mentioned. He has had significant injuries the past uh, three of the past five years, so 60% uh, of the, the past five years. He's had some pretty significant injuries that have ended the season. Um, he's still got the motor that, that you want him to have, uh, but at the same time, he's just not quite the, he's not quite the player that he used to be. Now, who knows? Maybe a change of scenery. Maybe we're playing against a better supporting cast. Um, maybe that changes things around. Last year, he was the only guy on that Houston defensive line that really could consistently get pressure. So, of course, teams would would shade their shade their blocking uh, assignments, blocking protections over to J.J. Watt's side. Um, you know, maybe that changes. But quite honestly, I think you're right. I think that most likely – scenarios for J.J. Watt, I think probably the Packers or, or potentially the Bills um, make a lot of sense. Those are those are the two teams that I think are, are the most likely landing spots for J.J. Watt um, when he signs elsewhere. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. We just got new shipments and actually to my doorstep a couple days ago. Absolutely amazing the new stuff they're doing. It is so good. It, you have to try Built Bar. I'm a huge believer in Built Bar now. It is easily the best tasting protein bar ever and it's one you have to try they're covered in 100 chocolate and they're soft and easy to chew they have six new flavors to go with the original 12 which makes a great array of choice for you there they're, they're great for the all conscious guy as well you can lose and maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat the bars are low calorie low sugar high protein high fiber and great for a keto diet for example the coconut almond boat bar is 18 grams of protein only 180 calories which is a great tasting snack to tide your earth throughout the day with a free cooler of your purse while supplies last, go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, and get 20% off your next order of Built Bars. Again, use promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Locked On NFL is with you Monday through Friday here on the Locked On Podcast Network, a great array of hosts that will keep you up to date on the latest NFL news, whether it be trades, free agency, the draft, or even... Just regular NFL banter. You don't want to miss on the Locked On NFL podcast Monday through Friday here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast, Colts fans. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. 
Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Totally agree with you there. I think J.J. Watt's a pipe dream for the Colts, and especially with how he values the Super Bowl window and the team having an elite quarterback. I think Tampa Bay... Buffalo, Green Bay, all those teams really make a lot of sense for J.J. Watt. The Colts, not so much outside of money. He'd be a lot of fun to DeForest Buckner, of course, but like we just outlined there, I think it's probably not going to happen there as far as J.J. Watt ending up in a Colts uniform. But let's dive in now, Stephen. It's another mock offseason scenario that I came up with. And let's circle back to Carson Wentz for a second here because it, it, Wentz is a part of this mock offseason scenario. Let's say they trade 54 plus a 2022 pick, whether it be a third or fourth round pick conditionally. How does that change the offseason for them? Because obviously they're going to have to absorb around twenty-five to thirty million dollars in cap space. There, their their cap space would go down from around seventy million to forty million. You still have enough money to play with as far as extensions go. You have enough money to maybe get one or two big free agent signings on board. How how do you think bringing Wentz on board in that contract for at least the next two years would change the Colts' outlook for the offseason? Where, in my opinion, if they do bring Wentz on board, you're probably targeting um, left tackle and edge pretty heavily in free agency and or the draft? I think the if, if Carson Wentz comes here to Indianapolis, I think the first thing I would do if I were Chris Ballard and the Colts is, is I would immediately restructure that contract and try to push out some of that money. Um, so then this year when there is a, a decreased cap, you can get a little bit more of that money back. Um, so that's what I would first do um, when I'm, make a trade for Carson Wentz is try to get that restructure done. Um, then in terms of the draft, I think this draft is pretty loaded at the left tackle position, um, which is great for the Colts because again, obviously a pretty massive position of need. I think that's where they will focus their, their left tackle um, position is, is in the draft, whether it's there at 21 and say a Christian Darisaw out of Virginia tech is there available to them or if Rashawn Slater drops down the, the out of Northwestern drops down a little bit. Um, those guys make a lot of sense. They're at 21. If either of those guys aren't there, I could see Chris Ballard potentially trading back into the draft, picking up an extra second round pick um, to help offset the loss of the second round pick trading for Carson Wentz. Um, and then going with a guy like Liam Eikenberg out of Notre Dame or uh, a Dylan Radunes out of uh, North Dakota state. Uh, makes a lot of sense to me at that left tackle position. I think that's the position. I, I think that's the real reason why Chris Ballard has been so reluctant to trade 21 uh, more so than anything else. And we've, we've talked about before about potentially trading up in the draft and using 21 as leverage uh, to be able to get up into that top, top five, top six range. Uh, not a lot of teams are going to want to drop all the way down to 21. Um, so that's, that's why it's a little bit more difficult there. Uh, I think he will target the edge rusher market hard in free agency. Um, I think that, you know, a, a, a Romeo Aquara uh, makes a lot of sense um, out, of, uh, out of Detroit. Um, another guy that makes a lot of sense is Carl Lawson. Um, Yannick Ngakwe um, would be a great, great addition as well. I, I think Chris Ballard for sure is going to target hard an elite edge rusher in this class. 
um, just because in this free agent class because of the lack of of those guys on the roster right now. I think Ben Banigou and Kamoko Ture are the only like true pass rush defensive ends on the roster unless they want to go ahead and play Taekwon Lewis there full time. And then I think that they're probably going to look into potentially signing a big name wide receiver as well. Uh, then use the rest of the money if whatever they have left over in cap. And again, what people have to realize is this year, the salary cap is decreased next year. It's going to shoot back up because you're going to have attendance. You're going to have possibly a new television deal coming up. Um, you're going to have all these other things um, that are going on uh, that will potentially, I'm, I might be wrong on the television stuff, but you're going to have revenue coming back in from stadiums. Um, that's going to boost that salary cap back up to what it was before, um, well over $200 million. And so what you're going to see a lot of teams do is try to restructure or sign one-year deals, things like that. Um, the Colts are in an enviable position because they've got all this salary cap space, but I see them targeting an elite edge rusher in this class, a free agent class, and then looking at a wide receiver in this free agent class and then focusing in the draft at a left tackle position, uh, especially if they trade for um, Carson Wentz and looking at the left tackle position in the draft early and then potentially going and doubling up in free agency with the edge rusher and then maybe even drafting one uh, in, in round three of the draft, like a Peyton Turner uh, out of Houston or a, a Jordan Smith, UAB, Ellis Ellerson Smith um, out of Northern, uh, Northern Illinois um, that are you uh, and I. And so those are the, those are the three guys that I think And Zach Hicks had this article out on Stampede Blue today, uh, in his build a Ballard series uh, where he, he discussed um, the different edge rushers that make a lot of sense uh, for the Colts in this draft. And, and those three guys were, were on that list. And so that's where I think Chris Ballard would go in a mock offseason. Um, you, you obviously look to get some extensions done, um, resign some of your own guys. If you can resign Xavier Rhodes, I think that's a, a great, great resigning. He had a great career or a great year here in Indianapolis, really likes uh, working with Matt Eberflus in this defense, really excelled in this defense. And so I would, if I were the Colts, I, and and I were the general manager, I would do what I could to resign Xavier Rhodes as well to try to short that cornerback position. And once you do that, you've got an opportunity to really put all the main pieces in play for your for your offense. Because ultimately, the Colts are going into this offseason with five big holes in the quarterback position, left tackle, edge rusher, wide receiver, and corner. And if you can address the quarterback position and trading for Carson Wentz, you draft the left draft the left tackle early then you're able to sign an edge rusher or two in free agency, sign a wide receiver, and then re-sign Xavier Rhodes. All those things are possible. Um, and again, I think that if you can restructure Carson Wentz's deal, it makes a lot more sense for the Colts and, and it'll freeze up a lot of money for them to be able to go and make these moves. Yeah, really good layout there of the options there, Stephen. And I put down on my list for an edge rusher, Aquara or Lawson. Those two, I think, really stand out to me as far as realistic young edge rushers to replace Justin Houston. I personally think Justin Houston will be back this time next year. I just think at age 32, he, he really was inconsistent last year. He's probably – his best years are behind him. You can get a, a cheaper, younger edge rusher in a Lawson or Aquara this year. And really, I think it would be a really shrewd move and smart one by Chris Bauer. 
I think one scenario here, I think that a lot of Colts fans, I think me and you, Stephen, are really locked up in agreement here if they were to get Carson Wentz on board. And let's say they trade number 54 overall. I think the Colts aren't going to stay at 21 in that scenario. I think they would move back, whether it be to late, later in the first round or maybe early in the second round. I think one team that stands out to me is the New York Jets at, at 34 and 66. They actually still have two first-round picks at number two overall, number 23 overall from the Jamal Adams trio at Seattle. But if they want to get aggressive and move up from 34 to get 21 and 23, the Colts recoup 34 and 66, the top of second and third rounds. A trade like that makes a lot of sense to me, or even maybe move back with a, a playoff tonight, Buffalo, to like 30 overall to get one of those left tackles like we're doing during Eichenberg there. I'm almost a, a, a bet your mortgage type of lock that if they do get Wentz and they trade 54, Ballard's going to be back from 21. Yeah, I'm with you there. I, it, I think that's – I'd feel very confident in making that bet that if the Colts are able to trade for Carson Wentz and they move 54 for him um, – and who knows, they might, they might get in for less. They might get in for 84 um, and then a, a future second-round pick. Uh, but I could definitely see, if, if they do make a trade for Carson Wentz and Vegas seems to think that that's going to happen, I definitely see them trading 21 and dropping back and recouping some of those picks. So then it's basically a, a net loss or a net wash uh, for the Colts. Um, so it's ultimately the difference between, you know, the, the pick, pick values that you got there and Chris Ballard is has been masterful at moving around the draft and I could see it happening just like it has I feel like every other draft for the past like three or four years since like maybe since Billy Cooker was the only year that he didn't move back it feels like um it might actually be the only draft he didn't move back now that I think about this um but yeah it, it seems like that's going to be a lock if if they do trade for Carson Wentz and especially if they trade uh, 54 or 84 for him. Yeah, looking at free agency in the draft, like I mentioned, edge rusher, I think it's my top priority there. You pay big money for one of those top young edge rushers in their salary cap after getting Carson Wentz on board in this scenario. Focus on the draft there. You go for left tackle first, in my opinion, get an Eichenberger or Dunes on board. Draft another cornerback, I think, on day two makes a lot of sense because Rocky Sin has proven not to be much so far in the NFL. I know they really trust him still, but Xavier Rhodes, maybe he's on a one- or two-year deal if you re-sign him get someone on board to compete with Rocky Sin and Marvell Tell. Then uh, playmakers in the draft, too, whether it be edge or whether it be tight end or wide receiver, I think those make sense, maybe day two or early day three, and as well as some more offensive line depth and another edge rusher in, in the draft as well. I think just going in the trenches on edge and left tackle and then adding some playmakers as well on day two or day three, I think makes a lot of sense for the Colts to add in that, left, that edge rusher as well in a loss in Rock War, or if you want to listen to all the names me and Steve went into on in depth last week on the podcast, around 10 to 12 names we went through as far as previewing this edge rushing class, one of the best ones we've seen in a very long time free agency. The Colts are probably going to walk away with maybe one or possibly two of those names off that list. Go check out that episode if you have not already. But last one half for you, Steven, here, as far as in-house free agents go for this scenario, I have them bringing back Xavier Rhodes, like you mentioned. I think T.Y. Hilton, the closer we get the free agency, I really feel like T.Y. is going to be back. I just don't know if Chris Bauer is going to spend big money on a wide receiver if he brings Carson Wentz on board. Maybe you just re-sign T.Y. and run it back. You obviously re-sign Zach Pascal as a restricted free agent as well. And then my other two guys outside of Rhodes and Hilton are Al-Kadeem Muhammad, who's a young, deaf, veteran defensive line resigning. He's only 26 years old. will be cheap on the contract. And then Danico Autry over Justin Houston. I think one of those guys is going to be back. I think they're going to pick Danico Autry. So what do you think about those four names there as, as re-signed candidates? I think 
definitely going to, I would prioritize uh, Al-Qadim Muhammad over Danico Autry, um, out of the two just because of age. Um, and you saw AQM kind of show up uh, at, at when he was given playing time. I, I don't think that they're going to completely disregard Danico Autry. Um, I think they're going to bring him back if they can. Uh, Zach Pascal is a no-brainer to me uh, that they're going to bring him back. Uh, Ty is one of those things where if Chris Ballard is able to get a go out and and get a big free agent wide receiver, uh, then I don't see Ty Hilton coming back. I could see Ty coming back if the again it ultimately comes down to compensation. Uh, if Ty thinks that he's worth like 12 million, then there's no way. I, I don't, I just don't see TY coming back at that price. Um, if he wants to finish his career here in Indianapolis, um, then I could see him, you know, Chris Ballard potentially bringing him back um, at a lesser value. So I think that's ultimately where it comes to TY is if Chris Ballard strikes out in the, the big, big name wide receiver market, then I think that TY is going to be a fallback option. Um, but I don't think T.Y. is going to be a priority. Um, but, you know, I, I've been wrong before. I, I feel like that's just kind of where I would go with it right now. Um, just because you've got such strong you, – you've the tough part is in the wide receiver room, you don't have a strong personality, a strong leader. And, and that's kind of what T.Y. was, even though he's quiet. Um, he was still a leader. He showed you how to do it on the field. You've got Michael Pittman junior now um you got zach Pascal, two guys that are are going to be like hard-nosed guys that are going to going to work um and then you've got the offensive linemen that are, are leaders in that offensive room um with with quentin nelson's not going to let anybody take a playoff um ryan kelly's become such a great leader uh and then if you bring in like you said we're in this mock draft or mock scenario so you brought in Carson Wentz at that point so you hope that he can come in and really be a leader in that locker room as well uh, but if if you're worried about chemistry and you're worried about culture on the offensive side of the ball and you don't feel comfortable with Frank Reich being that guy that really sets the tone um, for the entire offense then you bring back T.Y. but I just I have a hard time given how T.Y. struggled last year uh, bringing him back at what he believes market value is. I think that if he just does come back, it's going to be at a lesser value. Steven, always appreciate the time, man. And thanks for going in depth with us here on the latest on Carson Wentz and our, this latest mock offseason scenario. Hopefully we get an end to this Wentz saga here soon. It sounds like we might be getting to that point, but always appreciate having you on, man. You guys go follow him on Twitter if you're not already at nice read. Steven, go read and listen to his work as always over on Stampede Blue. Appreciate the time, Steven. Thanks, Evan. Have a great one. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. 
Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.